I want to take a minute to tell you about Federal Access. Federal Access is our coaching and training platform that we develop for government contractors. The resources in Federal Access have helped our clients win over $13.6 billion in government contracts. When you become a member, you're going to get access to hundreds of documents, templates, training videos, on-demand webinars, and you get SME support from me. So if you have a question, you can email me directly anytime. Here's a special offer for Game Changers listeners. Visit federal-access.com forward slash Game Changers today and get started for just $29. That's federal-access.com forward slash Game Changers to get started for just $29. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Hey everybody, welcome to the show this week. We are talking with Josh Frank about a really cool topic. And uh, we're going to be talking about the changing landscape in government acquisition this week on Game Changers. And before I let Josh intro himself, because I'm sure he's going to tell everybody some really cool facts about what he does over at RSM Federal, our parent company. Uh, I think one of the things that I want to share is his book. You know, we have been talking about the book, The Insider's Guide to Winning Government Contracts, and people keep pinging me on LinkedIn. I know they're pinging you on LinkedIn, you know, at at conferences and whatever. And the book has been uh, just crushing it out of the market. I think we hit bestseller in what, like three hours that it was on the market, something like that. And uh, just a lot of really, really good feedback, a lot of good nuggets in there. And so if you haven't picked up an insider's guide to winning government contracts, I highly recommend that. I'll have a link inside of the uh, podcast description for folks. But Josh, for folks that don't know who you are, um, that haven't been listening to every episode of Game Changers, why don't you take a minute, <laughs> tell them a little bit about yourself and what you do with RSM. Yeah, sure. Hey, Mike. Uh, so uh, I'm managing partner for RSM Federal, and uh, I've been in the market for the government market for about 30 years. I've worked for small. I've worked for large. I managed uh, the Department of Defense for NASCAR Worldwide up in D.C., and I've worked for 8A, service disabled, small, et cetera. And, uh, you know, for if you're a first-time listener, uh, you know, we, uh, RSM Federal specializes in positioning small businesses in the market uh, in order to win government contracts. And then, you know, we've got tons of products and programs and all kinds of stuff to help companies. But uh, that's a that's a quick rundown. Yeah, that's a pretty good rundown. And, you know, in the, you know, the nature of full disclosure always. So just that people know, uh, like, wow, you're really talking Josh up. Well, Josh is my business partner. Uh, so we, we have a lot of guests on here, but, uh, you know, I only have one business partner here and that's Josh. And so we like to get Josh on here a lot because a lot of times when the two of us just kind of get going, we just share a lot of really good nuggets. And, you know, Josh and I have been talking about this particular concept that we're going to be talking about today. We've been talking about this for months and I would say I've been talking about it somewhat for years from a different perspective. And that is, uh, you know, every time I get on the phone with somebody, one of the first things I say is, you know, the the interesting thing about government is it doesn't change much. Government doesn't change. You know, if you've been in government contracting mm-hmm. for 10, 20 years, government just doesn't change much. It changes slow. You know, it just creeps and crawls. You know, you know, it takes a year to get a GSA schedule, you know, for Pete's sake. You know, so like there's so many things that happen so slow. And then over the last year or so, maybe even two years, 
we've been noticing, I know you've been talking about it a whole lot. You did a podcast a while back on like the future of government contracting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we started a couple of years ago, kind of looking into that crystal ball, it was like, hang on a second. The government all of a sudden is starting to make some changes. And then over the last, I would say this year in, you know, we're recording this in 2019. I would say this year I've seen more changes you know, coming down from government than I've probably ever seen in a single year where like stuff's been percolating in the back and then all of a sudden, boom, like it's actually getting some attention. And, you know, you created this graphic the other day that's kind of a once over the world on a lot of the major changes that are going on. And we've got, you know, other people in our market, you know, market leaders, thought leaders in this market talking about this graphic and kind of what's going on. We've got senior government folks commenting and reaching out saying, yeah, this is this is, you know, there's a lot of change going on. I'm glad you guys are covering it and kind of interjecting different things. So, you know, when, when you've got industry and government coming together to say something's going on, you know, it, it kind of begs the question, you know, one, why now, uh, which is not necessarily the question I have for you, but why now? And then how does that impact government contractors? Because that's really the thing, you know, for us putting this out there. And by the way, that graphic, I will put a link to that. Uh, in the description for this podcast as well so people can go grab that i'll actually put a link to where the post is on linkedin so they can go comment on it but you know what are your thoughts like this perfect storm has all of a sudden happened what's what maybe has even created the perfect storm and and to create all these changes that are happening then we'll start to kind of touch on the the individual changes as we go yeah so you know and, and, and the graphic that Mike's talking about, you know, focuses on, you know, all the major changes that are taking place in acquisition and procurement. Uh, what are the most discussed changes? What What's changing with government systems, changing in regulations, what's impacting small business? Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, if you haven't seen that graphic yet, uh, definitely click the link and, 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 and take a look at it. You know... <clears throat> Mike, you and I have always, uh, we've often spoken about one of the greatest challenges is the small business community coming together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and and some people, you know, have, have asked me, why is it so hard for the small business community to come together? And bear with me, I'm going down one of my rabbit holes that I like to go down. You know, one of the reasons why <clears throat> these small businesses rarely get it come together is because the small business community as a whole is very tactical, right? Small companies don't really, uh, they don't have the backbone and the maturity that a large corporation has. And so, you know, small companies are focused on the tactical. They're focused on cash flow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, <clears throat> when all these major changes are taking place in, in the public sector, in the government space, you know, if they're not in the best interest of small business, it's almost impossible to get a small business community to come together. Um, there are organizations like WIP, um, uh, you know, uh, the NVSBC, the associations, that's their job. That They recognize it's hard for small business to come together. And so <clears throat> to bring this full circle, actu actually answer your question, you know, <laughs> when you look at go back five, six, seven, eight plus years and something, and I've spoken about this, uh, I've blogged, I've, I've wrote, written articles about it, but the federal strategic sourcing initiative, right? Mm -hmm. FSSI, 
which, oh, by the way, you know, I've been saying for years is a absolute failure. It is not in the best interests of industry, although it, there's there's a lack of balance, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, just FYI, just in the last several weeks, GSA actually put on their website that it was a failure. It did not accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. So <laughs> my point is strategic sourcing is critical um, because it saves taxpayer dollars, it lowers pricing, but unless there's a balance, it decimates industry. Right. Category management, right? So if we're going to talk about the first change in, in landscape, it would be category management because category management is the follow-on to strategic sourcing, mm-hmm. right? Category management's not new. I mean, if we've been talking about it for years, you know, and, and uh, it, it is the government is, is moving full steam. So, I, you know, I would say, you know, why now? So much of what is happening is a result. I call it. <clears throat> let me go off on another tangent on you. The market category management means there's going to be an increase in indefinite delivery contracts or what most of us call IDIQs or Max or Matox, right? And so the the whole market is con- is constricting. Okay? The whole market is constricting. You have all this and because it's constricting, all these contracting officers across the the federal agencies and the Department of Defense are some of them are just scratching their heads going, okay, we know we're moving in this new direction, but so much of this isn't in place yet. So they're actually making exceptions. You know, like uh, we, we already dated this podcast. It's the end of the fiscal year. Mm-hmm. They're going to be, there's so many changes, but they're going to acquire what they need to acquire to expend their end of your dollars, however they can do it. Right that constriction is going to, especially I think in 2021, uh, when all, uh, most of these changes have taken effect, it is going to decrease the size of the industry base. Hmm. So anyway, uh, I, again, I, I go off on my tangents, but um, not none of this is new. And so <clears throat> what I want listeners to understand is – it's not so important, it is, but it's not so important that all of these changes are taking place. What's important is how you take them into account into your sales strategy. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's the big thing is, you know, when I look at all of the changes, you know, yeah, the government's making just sweeping changes in, in all different areas here. And, but that's their right to do that. Right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like, sure. um, it, it's not like they can do it in a vacuum without any, anybody protesting or anything like that. You know, there's lobbyists trying to fight for different things and all that. And, and small business should step up and get involved and talk to their, their Congress people and, and, you know, get, get involved with them as well and write letters and do different things like that. that that's all good stuff. Yeah. You know? it, it, it is, um, but but I, I, I've got to be really clear on something. 
the government's going to move in the direction it wants to move regardless of industry feedback. Exactly. Um, I, I mean, <clears throat> you know, you can go to your, uh, you know, we call it a congressional, right? Mm-hmm. If you go to your, if you get, if you get a lobbyist or, or, you know, you're a part of an association, um, you know, a perfect example is the NVSBC, the national veteran, small business, uh, national veteran, small business coalition, and, you know, they're going to bat because uh, the ability one is, uh, lobbyists are trying to get ability one to have uh, preference preference in acquisitions over veteran-owned service, disabled veteran-owned companies. <clears throat> That's a one-off, right? Mm-hmm. But there are so many changes. If industry believes that they can change most of this – that's a pipe dream. Yeah, no, it absolutely. is. <laughs> and, and let me add to something else you said. You know, the changes that are, that are taking place, the objective of category management, okay, is to get better pricing. Mm-hmm. It is, and by its very nature, category management means you're going to have less contracts. You're going to have less vendors and contractors and you're going to have better pricing in order to protect the taxpayers dollars right none of us can argue with that that no. makes sense right it makes sense but there and this is what I, I i've been preaching there must be a balance yeah because without the balance what do we lose what is the backbone of our nation yeah, it's small business. That's right. It's small That's business, right. you know, and the the thing that to me is, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, when I look at like category management and all the other names that it's been before, right. You know, it's, it's <laughs> you know, the, the program formerly known as, uh, you know, 18 different things. And when you look at it, the, you, as a taxpayer, you have to say, okay, this is one of the few things that seems like the government's trying to do the right thing. Now, the problem is the government can rarely do the right thing, at least the first time, if not the first 18 times. Right. And and this is not to pick on government. It's just, it's such a big machine. It's hard to get it done right. The first or fifth or 10th or 20th time. And that's why yeah. to me, industry input is so important in trying to tweak it here and there to get it where it needs to be. And you're right. If, if industry thinks that, Hey, by getting the right lobbyists, we're going to abolish the buy America act or, or whatever <laughs> it may be. Right. You, like you said it perfectly. The government's going to move in the direction they want to move. Here is the thing for me. If you are in government contracting and you're in the commercial market, the commercial market doesn't publish any of their rules. There's no, there's no rules published. You know, this is the one thing to me that makes the government really great because as a business owner, whether I'm small, medium, large, whatever it is, I've got the rule book telling me what I have to do in order to navigate this to win contracts. And again, this is not public record in a commercial company. So if, if I am selling to the government, but I also want to sell to companies like, let's just say IBM. I want to sell to IBM, or if, even if they're still around. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I say IBM. I'm going to date myself on that one. You know, I want to sell to IBM, and I want these contracts. 
there's no rule. Like you can't go and say, well, you know, this is the Buy America Act, and I'm an SDVOSB, and I'm a, I'm a blah 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 blah. They don't care. They can play mm-hmm. by whatever rules they want, and there's nothing you can do about it. They don't have to get multiple solicitations. They don't have to look at your pricing. They could do whatever they want. And so the beauty of this of the rule book is that it's shared publicly with you. And so I, I think that's an important thing that contractors need to understand. Yeah, and, and I feel like you're steering me, Mike. I feel like you're steering me towards if you've got the rules, How do you does, play that the pro- yeah. does that provide you with uh, what you need for a roadmap? Yeah, absolutely. You know, but but before we get into that, because <laughs> because uh, I'd like to close with you know what those recommendations are, right? Um, but you know, so so let's leave for a minute the whole you know, well, gee, can industry impact? You know what what's happening? Um, uh, do, do you want to go through a couple of the the major shifts that are taking place? Yeah, I, I think that's that would be best if you hit maybe a, a half dozen or so or more if you want, because there, there's more. Uh, some of the major highlights of what is changing, because I think if somebody tuned into this podcast and we didn't cover that, they'd be really upset. So <laughs> let, let, Let's hit some of the major changes, uh, what they are and what that means for business. Okay, so uh, we've already touched on heavily category management. Um, you know, a subset of that means that uh, multiple award contracts are going to become a priority, right? So we, you can't talk category management without talking uh, these large contract vehicles. Uh, and, and those that are, are new to the market, uh, you'll hear the the acronyms, you know, IDIQs, indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity, uh, MAX, multiple award contracts, MATOX, multiple award task order contracts. If you're on technology side, GWACs, right, government-wide acquisition contracts, <clears throat> all these vehicles where, you know, 2,600 companies compete and the government awards a small number, and then those are the only companies that are going to be able to uh, bid on task orders. Multiple award contracts, hands down, massive priority with the government now, okay? Um, That also means that there's going to be more contract bundling. That's another one, contract bundling. And so, you know, imagine for a minute, Mike, you know, you've got, or even our listeners, you've got, you know, these two or three contracts. All of a sudden... You're, you're, you know, you've got revenue, you're doing well, you have cash flow, you're growing the company. And then all of a sudden you're talking to the contracting officer and the contracting officer says, well, we're actually going to be, we're not going to, you know, recompete or simply reissue your option years are over. We're going to be bundling some requirements. And that of course scares any company. Right. I mean, bundling of contracts, but you're going to start seeing more bundling of contracts to a point where they're being released under these large multiple award contracts. And what, what, what's, what's tough and and what companies need to start thinking about is when they bundle, it is highly likely that you will not be able to do a hundred percent of that bundled contract. It is possibly likely you don't have past performance 
to be uber competitive on these, you know, bundle contracts. And so I'm already getting towards some of the end stuff, but recognizing that, that contracts are being bundled, you need to think about your teaming strategy Hmm. and ensure you've got companies that you can quickly team with to go after anyway. So that's, uh, you know, that's contract bundling. So, you know, category management, multiple award contracts are a priority, uh, contracts are bundling use of commercial platforms. Oh my God. I mean, uh, between Amazon and Microsoft Azure and, uh, I, you know, Amazon's taking over the world. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're just crazy. Um, you know, a really cool one, Mike is, and this happened, uh, much earlier in the year, but <laughs> the air force had a pitch day competition. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Right. And, and, um, what was it? Was it, how many million did they award in a single day? I was thinking, wasn't it like something like 40? Yeah. Yeah. 40 million. Crazy. No, no, that's right. And so, I mean, I want you to imagine you're a small business. You walk into some air force event. They say, Hey, Josh, tell us who you are. Give us a pitch. And they turn around and hand me a $2 million check. Yeah, that's just crazy. It's that is. Of. So, you know, earlier, uh, I was about three months ago, um, there was this, um, there was this commander, and I don't remember his name. I, I, I'm hitting myself. <laughs> but he, uh, it's up in New Jersey, and his base was doing, wanted to do a pitch day, just like the real big Air Force event. And so I was talking, I actually spoke to him offline. Uh, I was, I had given a webinar. He had, he had come in, we met and, you know, he told me, you know, Hey, they're, they want to do the same thing the air force did. And so, and, and they did. Well, my point is these pitch day competitions, tons of organizations are watching the air force right now. Mm-hmm. Mike, I, uh, in my book, a pitch day competition is sort of like a micro purchase. Yeah. It's like getting out your credit card saying, Hey, I got a credit card. You can pay me right now. I have never seen anything like these pitch day competitions because you literally walk in and win a contract. If you're so lucky right on the spot. So I think pitch day competitions are going to be a huge part uh, not a huge part. Mm-hmm. They're going to be one more tool in the government's toolkit for working with industry. So, and, and you know, forty million dollars is a lot of money, and so they may not yeah. all be like that. But even if it's a few million dollars, what an opportunity that we haven't seen before, or right. we just haven't seen it, or not like this. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So really cool. Um, Another big one, uh, a big changing landscape. I, I'm, I've spoken about this uh, so much. Um, I, I've gone to bat is the 809 panel mm-hmm. with the Department of Defense. And I don't want to go into crazy detail on this because so many people already are. Uh, you can go to LinkedIn and, and if you end up following, you know, uh, myself or Mike, you'll see stuff on it. But you know, the 809 panel recommended that the small business program be abolished. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, that's so crazy on so many different levels. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I I get they want to do category management. I, I I will not give the name, but there was a general officer. Okay, we're talking a general uh, within the army's acquisition program that took me off to the side at a conference and spoke very bluntly and said, Josh, we're tired of being forced to award contracts to 8As, to woman-owned, to hub zones, to small business, because we're tired. We're tired of having these small companies that just can't do a good job. Mm. Mike, I, I'm looking at him thinking, you have got to be kidding me. I, first of all, let me go down my rabbit hole because I'm really passionate about this. And if anybody wants to disagree with me, feel free. I doubt anybody will publicly. But if the government is having problems with its, with its contractors, its vendors, that's their problem. Mm-hmm. That's their fault. I, write a better proposal, uh, a, a better RFP. Write better requirements. F- enforce stronger past performance. So anyway, um, 80, the 809 panel, I'm not convinced it's going to go through. Okay? I mean, Congress has to get involved. This, uh, I mean, the 809, that was a congressional blue ribbon commission. Okay? So one, the SBA has not engaged yet. Right. Congress hasn't asked SBA. I highly, highly, highly doubt that the 809 uh, recommendation for small business uh, destruction uh, is going to come into play. Okay, Um, but but on the radar, it's still on the radar. radar, And I'll simply give our our listeners uh, two numbers. There was seventy one billion dollars. Given to small business in FY18. Mike, that's 2 million contract actions. So anyway, with 809, the world is not falling, okay? I don't believe it's going to go into effect, but it is part of the changing changing landscape that we have to take mm-hmm. into account. Yeah, and it's, you know, to me, I think one of the challenges for uh, it, and when I say small business, that doesn't mean your brand new startup level. I mean, we, a lot of mm, people consider, yeah. you know, 10, $15 million is still a small business, uh, for a lot of folks, you know, that's a, and that's a lot of payroll. There's a lot of employees and folks that, you know, you've committed to a government strategy. I, I think for a lot of folks know it's out there, know how to navigate it. Cause the worst thing is waking up on Monday and someone saying, oh yeah, this has been in the works for six months, a year, and you guys haven't been planning for it and you're out in the cold for right on any of these, you know, being ignorant to what's going on is not helping, you know, and, and that happens so much, you know, you talk about the small business community and I do think, um, I will say this kind of in the government's I'm not necessarily going to back the government on this one, but follow me for a moment down Mm -hmm. this rabbit hole. I do see too many companies, and this is a conversation you and I have with new clients all the time. I see way too many companies who go and get a certification 
whether it's, you know, an 8A, a WSB, an SDVOSB, doesn't matter what the letters are. They go get it, and they believe that money's going to rain down from the heavens. And honestly, they don't care a whole lot about how well they deliver their products or services, mm-hmm. about how, how, what kind of job they're doing. They just feel like, hey, I'm a government contractor. They may have woken up one day and decided to be a government contractor with zero passion in this. Now they're doing it and some of them are not doing the best job. And again, if you're one of those people, bear with me here. There there's people, friends, whatever tell you, Hey, that's all you need. That's your golden ticket. We get lazy. And then you wake up and you've graduated the 8A program and you're out of business within two years. <laughs> yeah. And, and if I can you add know. to that, uh, just to ride your, 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 your tails on that one. You know, and when I when I speak at events, I, I tell people, you're not going to win a contract because you're a veteran or a woman right. or 8A. It's not okay? the value you provide. That, right? That's right. That's not the value you provide. I, and, and even if it's an 8A sole source, you're not winning because you're because you're minority or socially disadvantaged. But but I also want to tag on. <clears throat> you know, you mentioned the uh, you know the set asides and all that. There's a proposed proposed rule right now for woman-owned small business certifications to go back to the SBA. You know, there is, um, there's discussion and it'll probably happen. The certification with the VA for veteran-owned, service-disabled, et cetera, that's going to probably get moved from the VA to the SBA, right? So that the SBA is managing pretty much all of them. You know, and, and when we're talking all these small businesses and set-asides, you know, don't forget the Runway Extension Act. Most people have heard of it. You know, it's taken it, your, your you know, small business size standards are, are based on five-year average versus three, although the SBA still insists that it's three years. Uh, that's another story. Um, you know, size standards have gone up. Again, uh, a lot of change has taken place. Yeah, and, you know, I'll, I'll say, you know, that's one of the ones uh, you're talking about there. That I think is very frustrating to small business, and and I'm gonna, I'm going to touch on the 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 certifications here in a moment again. But the when when people see things like the president has signed X Y Z, but the SBA doesn't recognize it, understand that is not a political thing that happens under every president, mm-hmm. and and it's it is such a a little power struggle within the government. That this organization has signed something or declared something and the other organization is fighting for power of when they implement it. Yet you're caught in the middle usually of this is coming. When will it affect me? Or, hey, this this is favorable to me. I'd like it to be, you know, effective today, mm-hmm. but they won't recognize it. And so there's a lot of those power struggles. And so that that's something going on for a lot of folks. And again, another reason why you need to be following us on LinkedIn and aware of what's going on because we're posting this stuff all the time as it's coming out and just kind of keeping the market up to date on this stuff. Listen to these podcasts, all those things. I want to go back to the the certifications for a minute. I think, you know, what I was talking about was I think a lot of times we get lazy coming in and just think, hey, this is how it's going to be and I'm going to win these contracts. And quite honestly, you can be successful. You can make a small fortune off of your certification. But if you really want to grow a business, if you really want to 
help more people, help the government, help the warfighter, then you have to look beyond the certification. And so that's part of where I was going with that when you went down your rabbit hole there of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is a good rabbit hole of you have to look beyond that because I do see too many companies that, you know, again, they graduate the 8A program. And then they can't figure out how to win contracts after that. You know, all these contracts are falling off and they don't know what to do because they want them because the, of the status. And they and they hit a couple of lucky home runs or even with their SDVOSB, they came out somebody, somebody they knew helped them get a contract and like, oh, this thing is going to be golden for me. And that contract's kind of winding down and they can't figure out how to win the next one. And so you are not your status, regardless of what it is. You say that all the time, Josh, I really stole that from you. It's more of looking at how are we going to provide value to our clients, the government? How are we going to grow this business? How are we going to, you know, hire more employees and do more stuff? And, And looking at the overall strategy, like you said, there's too many of these businesses that only think tactical and they don't think strategic about the long term past the market entry because you can enter the market on your status but you're not going to stay in the market based on your status you're going to you're going to get weaned out uh, of this and so i just i just want to make that point really clear so you've hit on a bunch of these and um one of the one here's a couple of the ones that I want you to, to talk about real quick, because I think these are some scary ones for people. They're not necessarily scary, but, uh, you know, the Duns number moving away, like all of a sudden that's going to be gone. What do you think about that one? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, the Duns number is moving over to what's called SAMI, System for Award Management, Uh Something managed, identif- managed identifier. Yeah, managed so identifier. Really creative. Somebody needed <laughs> to get all those. Letters. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Dunn and Bradstreet, who's managed Dunn's number for you know two decades, what have you, uh, is being moved over to Ernst and Young, and uh, I I don't see a major issue. Uh, the, I think the big issue for the government is you know Dunn's number is in every system. It's like the yeah. the primary key of the database, right? Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how they do that. It's a little scary. Yeah. They're going to have to do a lot of mapping, uh, you know, excuse me, but, but, you know, more than the Duns, uh, also the GSA schedule consolidation of by America act. That was my next two. Okay. All right. So, you know, GSA schedule consolidation, if you have a schedule, they're supposed to be, uh, you know, right now every industry has a schedule that's not going to change. What's changing is every schedule, you know, if you're, your IT, your IT, your, your schedule 70, um, you know, what is it? Staffing is 36 and security is 84, <clears throat> you know, uh, or Mobis or OO core, all these different schedules. Well, how they're managed and how they're awarded is different across the industry, across all these GSA offices. So they're going to, they are, it is happening. They're consolidating under one single schedule. And then I, I think what's going to happen is, you know, each industry will have its own, you know, special item number, SIN, et cetera. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We've spoken to a bunch of folks with GSA on that. And they said, yeah, it's not moving as fast as we wanted. Um, probably consolidation will happen in 2020. Uh, will then uh, move migrate everybody over that has a schedule to that new mm-hmm. schedule, um, but yeah, I, I, it's nothing to worry about, right? <clears throat> we have a lot of uh, clients that want 
schedule right now. And we're actually recommending to them, go ahead. Don't worry about the consolidation. If you, if you are, if you know you need a schedule and you're ready to go after it, go ahead and submit. Worst thing that happens is nine months, 10 months from now, 12 months from now, you got to add some things or change a couple things, but it's still going to be faster than simply waiting two years to get a schedule. Yeah. There's a refresh on the application (laughs) and boom, you're done. Yeah. Um, You know, in terms of Buy America Act, this is a major one. I mean, this is huge. You know, before the president signed the executive order increasing uh, the requirements within the Buy America Act, you know, it was, you know, if you were selling to the government, 50% of the raw material had to be manufactured in the U.S. And lots of companies, you know, used all kinds of different tricks. They still do today, and the government still accepts some of it. Um, You know, they would bring all the parts or materials to the U.S. and uh, and then build it, right? Put it together in the U.S., a lot of government folks would accept that, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, <clears throat> uh, other companies that can't do that, you know, that that are on the commodity product side would ensure at least 50% of the components were, in fact, made in the U.S. You know, we could be talking computers, rugs, whatever, right? Well, the president signed an executive order, this was just several weeks ago, where that 50% component percentage jumped to 75%. That is huge. That's a big jump. It is. Because what that does is it removes the middle. I mean, you, it it wasn't very black and white in terms of companies being able to sort of skirt the rules. Right. And so you either were making it in, in the U S or you were making it, it was made overseas, but there were 50%. 50%. There were ways of you to ways for you to get around that rule. 75%, man, it is black and white. It yeah. is either manufactured in the US or it is not. Yeah. And, and I think the steel requirement's pretty high too, isn't it? Yeah, steel went up to 95%. That, that's not surprising considering uh the president's focus uh on on that on that industry. So <clears throat> so bottom line, if you have questions about the Buy America Act and how that's going to impact your business from a product commodity sales perspective, yeah, you may want to reach out. Uh, you know, you can send an email to contact at rsmfederal.com. Uh, let us know you've got some questions and, and we'll reach back out to you. Yeah. So, so what are your thoughts here as we kind of close this one up on, you know, to me, there's very few of these that are going to put anybody out of business. I mean, there, there are some, and if you're not prepared, if you're not paying attention, um, it could affect you a lot harder and it could. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on? So now knowing all this stuff, what do I do? So, <clears throat> excuse me. So first I'm going to reiterate it again. Mike, you'll probably reiterate it as well. If you haven't seen this infographic, because it'll help get your mind. So, you know, for example, the end of the fiscal year is coming up. Well, October 1st, you should be, you know, you should already be looking at, you know, what's your strategy for 2020? You should take a look at this infographic and make sure you're taking this into account. You are correct. Um, 
today it won't put company today for companies that have government contracts uh, or companies that are trying to get into the market. No immediate, you know, severe impact. But if you are not taking category management into account for 2020, you will not be prepared for 2021 and you'll probably lock yourself out of the market. If you don't grasp, you know, the changes uh, for uh, multiple award contracts in 2020, every single company that is listening to this podcast, every single one, you need, you must have two or more multiple award contracts, IDIQs, Max, Matox, etc. by the end of 2020. The GSA schedule is a Matoc. It is a, a multiple award contract. So if you don't have a GSA schedule today, then that can be one of your two. And I want to make something all else very clear. If you're if you want two, let's use our four to one, five to one sales ratio. That means you have to be going after between eight and 10 Matox, not firm fixed price contracts. So <clears throat> you need those as well, obviously. But if you take anything away from what we've discussed today, based on the changing market, category management, multiple award contracts being a, a priority, contracts being bundled, contracts being longer, right? Five to 10 years. And then all these other, you know, size standard increases, et cetera. Number one, if you get anything out of this podcast, you have got to make a strategic decision to focus on multiple award contracts. And you have got to add them to your portfolio because more and more business is being shifted to them. And that's yeah, it. I, I think that's super important. You know, it's, it's taking a look again at the business and saying, if, if you are purely tactical driven business you know that's how you make most of your decisions you're going to have to change or it's it's going to get really painful you know you're going to have to start thinking way more strategic about this mm -hmm. and you're going to have to to take a look at what's in your portfolio if you will and say hey how are we diversified based on our, our contract percentages all that kind of good stuff you know that's going to be a game changer for you to <coughs> figure that out and get that percentage right yeah and and i uh, a shameless plug. Okay. Um, this is what federal access, the knowledge base that we run is built for. Okay. I mean, um, we have had so many new members in the program, uh, as a result, I've been tracking this, uh, when this infographic was released, three or four new folks just boom, popped in. Um, so if you're trying to figure out how that strategy, what that strategy needs to be and the tactics behind it, the federal access knowledge base, that's the biggest recommendation I can give. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's got all the training and support that you'll, that you'll need to navigate a lot of this stuff. But, you know, I, I think we covered a lot of ground today. There's so many things that are changing. We didn't cover everything mm -hmm. by far. 
Um, there's even things I think we may not even have on the graphic because, you know, there's only so much room on a graphic, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I know there's some big changes happening to Sam.gov over the next year or so. Mm, uh, yeah. So that'll be an interesting yeah. one. Um, so a lot of lot of really good stuff going on. So if you have questions, as always, please reach out to Josh or myself. There's going to be some links in the description on this one for the infographic, uh, the book, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I think the, the biggest thing here, takeaway for me, if you're a small business, is be prepared and get better about making sure you're up to date on what's going on because uh, in the past you could have just floated by and said well you know we'll deal with that when we have to but you just can't anymore we're getting to a point where the market's going to be way more competitive like you said even you know seeing more contracts that are five to ten years you know if you're not in that loop and that's a critical client for you and you get locked out that's could be a you know a closed business sign on the door if it's going to be 10 years before you can go back to that customer so you know you don't want that if you're prepared you will not have a problem so thanks for coming on today josh i think this is really good stuff uh, i think our listeners are going to get a lot out of this one and again as always uh we look forward to having you back on in the very near future thanks mike i appreciate it before we get out of here today i want to ask you a couple of questions Do you want to get more out of your government contracting business? Do you feel like you need an edge or some new insights? Are you just looking for maybe even some motivation in the right direction because maybe you're at a plateau? Well, if you said yes to any of those, maybe it's time you join Federal Access and you can start your journey with us today for free. Federal Access is our online training and education knowledge base for government contractors. There's everything you'll ever need to win government contractors in there, including support. But free members can start out with a couple of really basic awesome tools. One of them is our on-demand training videos called Strategy Playbooks. There's more than 60 training videos designed to boost your government skills by covering tips, strategies, market updates, and a whole lot more. And new videos are added monthly. So there's always new content coming in for our free members there. You can also get access to 12 key government sales templates and strategy documents to include a step-by-step market sales strategy document, a teaming and subcontracting questions to ask document, and two capability statement templates. So you can just plug in your information and rock and roll from there. So those uh, those tools right there are kind of a preview of everything that's in Federal Access. Overall, there's a little over 250 documents in the system right now, but you'll get access to those 12 key documents. You'll get access to the, the 60 plus playbooks and the growing library of that is. All you have to do is visit federal-access.com forward slash join. Uh, the link is also going to be in the description of this podcast, so you can go back later and click on that, but that's federal-access.com forward slash join. So again, if you're feeling stuck in your business, if you feel like you need an edge or some new insights, or you just feel like maybe there's some gaps of knowledge that you 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 just you don't even know what you don't know, right? Something along those lines, then join Federal Access today for free 
federal-access.com forward slash join. Join today for free so you can get access to all of that cool content and see everything else in there that some of the paid members get. So you actually, there'll just be a little gold lock over the paid features and you can upgrade uh, whenever you like. Until next time, thanks for joining us on this episode of Game Changers for Government Contractors. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app to get notifications of new episodes. And while you're there, we would also appreciate it if you'd take a minute to write us an honest review on iTunes or whatever podcasting app that is that you use. So thank you again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next time for lessons from our experts on how you can win more government contracts. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.